it all depends what my breakthrough is because I don't want to just write another book with, with things that other people have written before. So that's why my own process is my most interesting research. Yeah. Because then if you really make a breakthrough of something you can do for yourself and that you can share that with other people, then you have a message of hope. And that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So if you would call that my dream yeah i would like to have a book that really helps a lot of people good morning young for me it's good evening yeah. good morning yeah 11 so, a.m for me yes so you're living in the u.s santa barbara i believe santa barbara california yes and how is life right now with the the 8th of April, I mean, Corona is very active now in the US. How is life is, for you? Yeah. yeah, well, we're in, in almost lockdown. We can only go out for necessary uh, trip, food store and to the doctor. Okay. Uh, and that's it. But social life is very much totally reduced to zero. Okay. And and that was that was recently, like last week, well, because in Belgium it is already no, two no, weeks. No, 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 no. Uh, no, we're very, very lucky that we have a governor who acted way faster than than most other states in the United States. Like the East Coast is the worst. Like as soon as it's San Francisco, he took measures for the whole state, okay. uh, and that is our saving grace. Like California is not doing too bad actually. We, okay. We in in our County here, I think we have like eight cases in the hospital. Okay. In in in, in bad shape. Yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, and of course, you could expect that question. What do you think is going to be the the impact of Corona on humanity? Like impact is maybe the wrong wrong term, but a lot of people call it some kind of awakening. Do you think this is, in your personal opinion? The awakening for humanity? I hope it, but <laughs> there's a whole part that is very resistant to, to change. So some things will have to change to make, to take one thing that I think will change is the whole production manufacturing chain of, of uh, multinational companies. Because like, for instance, uh, a Boeing is made in, in like, 50 countries and then assembled in the United States and mm -hmm. when there is no transport possible they're losing enormous amounts of money so I think they will have to reorganize uh, the manufacturing change uh, in, in many cases. Traveling will change so to what degree that we will really get another society in, in positive terms I don't know it might be a lot of big brother yeah like being followed on on apps because that's inter being introduced now in many cases like i just read that in holland they want a, an app to follow you if you have corona but once those apps are active i don't know it's a very mixed feeling i have about it yeah fear but hope is that it will be <laughs> eventually positive yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do, do you have fear no no there are moments that you're that you're worried that things could go wrong, but 
soon as you see that you can step out of it it's, it's that your that your survival brain gets gets stimuli that is normal but but the fear doesn't take over and do you think that um well spirituality or consciousness or whatever you want to call it i mean is still for a minority of the humanity which is yeah interested in that and mm -hmm. maybe it's because i've i've developed over the years that I attract more of these people, but I've, now I'm, I'm starting to, to notice, for instance, I made a podcast about selling and I do one episode about Corona and I talk about meditation and be conscious mm -hmm. and awareness and things like that. Mm -hmm. Most popular episode ever. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what I can see is that to the degree that the external world becomes hard to live with that you will more easily go into into the internal world and we're lucky to have social media that we can stay socially connected so that i i was reading this morning that somebody said it's not social distancing it's physical distancing yeah. we should stay socially close connected yeah yeah and and that's that's definitely a, a huge benefit of the social media and, and the internet that we can what we're doing now is actually amazing in the middle ages when there was the plague <laughs> people couldn't talk on skype or on zoom so luckily yeah i've noticed that the it's i wouldn't say it's the same energy when you're physically together but it's man energy is energy and yeah, yeah, you can right. get in a kind of flow or co-creation state even when you're not physically in the same room. That's right. Yeah. I remember the first time I did a session as a coachee that I was I was skeptical, but I was actually amazed that you can really look in somebody's eyes on the screen and feel contact. So yeah, it is amazing. Mm. Now, um, in a um, in, 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 in um, a workshop, it's already I think five six years ago, you talked about fear in organization. There's a lot of fear in organizations, yeah, eh? yeah, and yeah. Um, you can actually measure that. And there is a kind of um, yeah, a, a false perception of trust, and um, okay. and I completely agree with that. Do you think that? Um, organizations and at the top level some executives have fear and they want to protect their business and they they sometimes have very stupid measures in order to yeah, get their people to work don't you yeah. think that's like things like system thinking or uh, holacracy or yeah more of these yeah nature nature principles Mm -hmm. um, that organizations, yeah, that people had it, and yeah. that organizations really need to, yeah, not to change, but really to transform. Yeah, correct. But that happens when you're ready, <laughs> and in many cases, the paradigm shift has not happened. Like we, we take measures that are mainly focused on tasks and processes, and not on relationships. And and here is like like a basic thing about systems is that a system is not made of components but of relationships and that you have to have healthy relationships to to be able to to 
to really liberate the potential of an organization. And that's still underrated and underestimated how much potential is unused. Yeah. But that will not happen when there is no trust in the organization and yeah. that you can be open and that you can, can really express what you're sitting on. Yeah. Yeah. Same is true in personal relationships. If you cannot express yourself, you're, you're bound to, to see the, the relationship degenerate and, and there's no co-creation happening when you cannot connect. Yeah, that's true. Now you've been, um, but before you were a writer, you had your own business, eh, I believe. I have had an own business for a yeah. while, yeah, for eight years. Yeah. And when was actually the moment that you realized I'm a writer or you knew that already when you were having that no, business? No, that was some kind of synchronicity. Uh, I had no idea actually. Okay. <laughs> now there was somebody else who at one point got a question from a publisher to write a book on sales. Yeah. And he came to me and he said, well, that's not my thing. Could, could we do that together? Because I had been a sales trainer for like a long time. Okay. And I, and I said, okay, let's do it together. And then after a while, he said, you know what? It's not my thing. Why don't you do it? And okay. uh, so then we looked at the publisher, what he wanted to do. And basically it was, they, they didn't want to really invest in the project. They, they wanted to ride with a, somebody who was known for another subject, okay. who was already a, a, like a well-known person. And I was not a well-known person. So in the end, I, I had another business partner in, in those days. I, he said, you know what, let's, let's start a publishing house. We'll do it ourselves. Okay. So my first book was like I said, a coincidence, quote unquote, I decided then to do it. The, the other person withdrew and, and with my business partner, we started a publishing house. So we published the book ourselves. It was a, a self-published book, yeah. And was it, the, the, that wasn't Flow, eh? That was Flow and, and, and uh, Flow in Business, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, because I, and yes? Yeah, that's 20 years ago. And, and amazingly enough, in a matter of weeks, we were in the top 10 of the business book. Yeah, it's uh, that's actually where it for me started six years ago during a career coaching project where they handed me two books, Flow yeah. and Baptiste yeah. Papa, Power of the Heart. Ah, yeah. The Flow yeah. was for me more that was okay, and then the Power of Heart was like, yeah, La La Land. But now I'm really because I also want Baptiste uh, here now, yeah. and I bought 50 copies of your book. Oh, really? Oh, thank you. <laughs> And yeah. everybody that I encountered and I like, you should read this book. I mean, yeah. if I feel they're ready, yeah, yeah. Everybody's, um, especially somebody who was also on the on the on the episode, I think two episodes ago, Harriet Bunnes, she's like, You really transformed my life with giving me this book. Yeah. I have one of Wayne yeah. Dyer, Erroneous Zones, and yeah. this flow of Jan yeah. Bomeré. Yeah. You're a, you're a Belgian, but you're yeah. more popular in the Netherlands than in yeah. Belgium. You're like the, That's right. the jewel. Yeah. The hidden secret. Yeah. Um, uh, Peter, I have sometimes in, in workshops, people came up to me and said, I reread your book every year. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done that now for like for more than yeah. 10 years. The yeah. book has been yeah. out for 
20 years and there are people who read it every every year yeah. one yeah. one time again yeah. like, it's because it's timeless yeah but yeah. i've read it five times and it's really yeah it's really you can see it's used but it's mm -hmm. the same with the the book the first book that i bought which i the title by itself i found very strange was of course think and grow rich of napoleon yeah. hill yeah, yeah. But then, then later on in one of your workshops, I read Think and Grow Rich with Peace of Mind, which I actually find yeah. even better that res resonates yeah. with me. Yeah, yeah, me, me too, yeah. Um, but was then Napoleon Hill for you the first? Was that an, an, an idol or something? Was it something that you just stumbled upon during your yeah, yeah. training yeah. career? In, or? In, the, in, in the early 80s, I, I uh, found Napoleon Hill. And that really was like, a beginning of a whole new perspective on life yeah uh, well, but i didn't read think and grow rich first i read the law of success first big one and, yeah yeah and i still think that is like really the foundation the law of success it's a, it's a big chunk but it's worth reading yeah but it's also a book that has so much layers if you read it just once yeah you yeah. just don't get it people think it's like, becoming a millionaire but it's not right, no, it's not point. no no, the same is true for the seven habits by, yeah. by Stephen Covey. If you read it only once, you have no idea what's in that book. It has so many layers. That's for me my first book with uh, self uh, or personal growth. That's that's Stephen Covey, yeah. the seven habits of effective people. And at that yeah. time, I was twenty-eight. I had absolutely no clue what he was talking about about um, co-creation and things like that. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't resonate. Yeah. Mm. now that first encounter with napoleon hill was that like you read that and then you were like oh hallelujah you found the light or did you also have res some resistance towards the things he was writing or For some yeah i couldn't could take everything in i i remember this the whole uh chapter about managing money <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't really take that seriously, but I paid the price for that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I believe that you mentioned when you were 30 in one of your workshops that you said, if at school to, nowadays they should master or teach, um, I wouldn't say accounting, but how to, yeah, how to take care of your money. Because yeah, yeah, it, it, it is still society still uses money as, as an exchange tool. So if you don't know what it is and how to manage it, you're basically out of touch with, with some kind of fabric in the, in the society. Okay. And you can also run into, into walls because you're not planning correctly and budgeting correctly, that kind of stuff. Okay. And then you went from flow, which was more like a business book. And then your readers ask for a non-personal version a non-commercial non version, yeah. Non-commercial version without the selling. Those yeah. are really about personal life. Right. And was, yeah. that was also under the same, uh, on your own publishing house? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but that title has also been taken over by a publisher at one point. Okay. So that was a very popular book. Then, then all of a sudden, publishers were interested because there were sales. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Yeah. And the whole... I mean, the biggest, and it's something also that you posted a couple of days ago, there was a quote of Eckhart Tolle, mm -hmm. and it's about the non-resistance. And yeah, I really yeah. grew up, because we, we, we shared the same studies, uh, um, and 
one of the things that I learned from you is instead of learning something, I had to unlearn or de-learn or what is the exact term. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact also that I really be- believed uh, you have hair. I don't have hair anymore. <laughs> and, and, it's actually, yeah. and it's actually a result of really believing that not getting a lot of sleep and working day and night, working very, very hard in order to get mm-hmm. results. And then you came with your way or your effortless living yeah. or effortless doing business, whatever. Yeah. And that completely shocked me. I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, you have to work hard. And yeah. then can you, can you go a little deeper on that? Yeah. Well, I would start with the, with the word productivity. Productivity is not how hard you work, but how much result you get for the work you do. So if you're really very productive, you can, do, you can have a lot of result with little work. And, and that's basically what flow is. It's not that you don't work, but that you get a lot of result for the work you do. And the reason is that you follow the universal principles because you can never go wrong with universal principles. And that's what I originally learned from Napoleon Hill, that you cannot argue with, with universal laws. So Stephen Covey basically did another version of that. But the, if, if you follow the software of the universe in your own life, you can only get in the flow. It's like, there's no way around it. <laughs> it's a natural state. Yeah. And, and what, what we don't understand in our Western society is that relaxation can be very productive. We think that production is producing and working hard. But basically, one idea can give you more income than a, a, a a, a long life of hard work. Yeah. So that's why a, a lot of very big discoveries and a lot of businesses start during a walk. Like Baptiste Papa, you, you mentioned the same thing. He had his whole inspiration during a walk in the woods. I didn't know that. Yeah. So all of a sudden he got like, I should make a film about the heart. And first he was like, what? <laughs> But it came to him while he was in nature. And, and that's like, for somebody who only believes in efficiency and hard work, why would you take a walk in the woods? That's like losing production time. But if during a walk in the woods, you get like the one idea, it's worth the walk. <laughs> well, you, you, also mentioned, you also mentioned that uh, Dutch person who actually had an, uh, a furniture company, and like 20 hours in a week, he was walking in the woods and there he would get his best ideas. Yeah, yeah, Willy Buston. Yeah. Yeah, that's thinking from before World War II. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I, I really believe it's still, yeah, I wouldn't say 80 or 90% of the organization still think like that. Yeah. Eh? So, uh, yeah. But if you go to Drucker and Covey, they, they basically... Drucker basically was the first one who made a distinction between efficiency and effectiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and then Kofi took that definition, like efficiency is doing things right, effectiveness mm-hmm. is doing the right things. And that makes all the difference. And to do the right things, you have to have systems thinking. Yeah. 
and and very few people have ever learned systems thinking like when you understand a system a system is always ruled by inherent principles and through the principles you know where you have leverage on the system yeah. and and leverage is a good example of productivity you could not lift the rock with your hands but you can lift it with with a lever and the same is true with universal law if you use in universal law you have leverage yeah. there's no no exception to universal law so you use it it works now um you have actually i would say reinvented yourself a couple of times because I used to see you as like a, a linear line. You're like, oh, this guy is always in flow and he really gets it and I'm struggling. <laughs> then you feel also that, that it isn't like that. Now, no, no, no. And now you're, yeah, the last year's really studying trauma. Yeah. Where did that come from? I mean, is it like I had another flow, everything said about flow? No, no. It's actually a, an extension of the same path, but different so i could actually say you could say a title of my work could be from freeze to flow okay. uh, it's, it's because uh, seeing why people are not in flow and why they cannot get back to flow and why they're stuck i eventually had to see that there is trauma it's the freeze energy that keeps us out of flow more than anything else even when you have good intentions there are so many people who have good intentions and then they don't follow up because because they have freeze energy and, and that's really a subject that is also totally understood and underestimated and also collective trauma there are, even in organizations there is collective trauma why why people don't move and and why, why there is not co-creation is because there is there's a reactivity and where is that coming from from survival patterns yeah people are people are stuck in the past and not because they want to, but they have, because they had traumatic experiences. I believe that people are basically good, but but people can become criminals through trauma. Yeah. Like you. look at all the people in that are in jails. How many people had had trauma in their life? Peter Peter Levine, who is like the the, the big name in trauma, says trauma is the most under endemis, uh, most underestimated problem of humanity yeah and i believe that i really believe that i mean if, if you look at the i think i have also um you introduced me to gabor mate to his videos about trauma i mean yeah, amazing even, his own, guy. even his own story yeah it's yeah. it's a complete he was jewish he was born during uh it was three months and it was world war Two. yeah i mean but if 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 people now listening and they i for instance i have a couple of colleagues and they are running straight into a burnout for me a burnout is also a form of trauma correct? yeah yeah correct yeah yeah it should be treated as a trauma yeah people recover faster if they have trauma therapy after a burnout okay and what, what then you recommend i would like to come back to napoleon hill the, the key teaching of Napoleon Hill is that when you trust what he calls infinite intelligence and that you don't rely on your limited thinking, 
but that you become quiet and you let universal intelligence take over, which is also the power of the heart. Yeah. That you, yeah, you, you are, it's like the difference between the caterpillar and the butterfly. Yeah. The caterpillar cannot fly. Yeah. The butterfly can fly. Yeah. And flow is actually a butterfly state. And yeah. resistance is being stuck in gravity like the, like the caterpillar. Yeah. So it's actually a development of potential. We all have it in us, but it's stuck on the freeze energy and the trauma more than anything else. Uh, what, what, what then you recommend as people taking the first steps beside taking your, your, your online course, which we're going to talk about in the end, um, is then experiment with certain techniques. Don't do the same things as you used to. Don't follow the traditional classical doctor path, solve it with medicine, drugs thing. <laughs> no, you always have to also listen to your doctor, but it's important to understand your system. And that's what I mean to do. Part of, of what I mean to do with my book on trauma is to have an education on your own nervous system. You have to understand how your system works if you want to be able to consciously work with it instead of against it. We do a lot of things because we don't understand what we're doing. So for instance, the polyvagal theory uh, and what that means for understanding your body and why burnout happens, that's like basic education, but your, most, most of, of the medical doctors don't know it yet, let alone the, 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 the broad public. Can, like, you, can like, you explain a little bit more what it is? Yeah, so what, what happened is that, that um, Stephen Porges, who is a researcher, was looking at, we, we always were, were told that the nervous system has two, two departments, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So the sympathetic creates a stress response, the parasympathetic brings you back to the rest state. But then he was asking the question, why do people not come back from the stress response to the, to the yeah. baseline? Yeah. And so he basically saw that the parasympathetic system was dysfunctional in most people. So, and through his research, he found that there are actually two sections in the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's an evolutionary question. The oldest part of the, of the parasympathetic system is called the dorsal vagus and the vagus nerve starts in, uh, in your brainstem mm -hmm. and it goes along your spine and it, it affects all your organs, your breathing, your heart and all your intestines, your excretion, your blood pressure, the whole thing, your heart rate. So it's actually the automatic management of your whole system, mm -hmm. right? But then, there is another part, the evolutionary part in the parasympathetic system, which is called the ventral vagus. And that is the part that goes from your heart to your face. Okay. And it, it is connected to the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the voice. And that is what he has then called the social engagement system. Okay. That's evolutionary that comes later in the evolution where we had to survive as groups. And we had to know who is safe to be with. So evolution developed actually a, a neurosystem to feel safety in relationships. And that is what the ventral vagus is. So when, when nowadays a baby is born, that 
is the only communication it has is to look at the face, mainly of the mother, yes. and to le listen to the voice. But there is no thinking. No. So Stephen Porges came with a new word. It's called neuroception. Is that your nervous system perceives safety by reading the face and listening to the voice intonation. And that's how we feel safe or not safe in a relationship. But when that ventral vagus is not well developed, you don't see the signals in relationships. Okay. And, and you can get stuck in really wrong relationships because you, you don't see where the red flags are. Okay. And, and that is the case with a lot of people. So what, why is the ventral vagus not active in many people? There's, there's two reasons. One is that it's not developed enough during the attachment period. So we're born with an unfinished nervous system. Okay. The nervous system in the first years develops in relationship with the caretakers. Mm -hmm. And if that is not safe, it's called unsafe attachment, your nervous system structurally is in the survival mode for the rest of your life. Okay. Because your parasympathetic system, the social engagement system could not fully develop. And the second reason is that the, the freeze response also happens in the dorsal vagus. So the dorsal vagus manages your intestines, but it also manages the freeze response. Okay. So when there is trauma and there is freeze response and your parasympathetic cannot go back to baseline, your whole system gets upset. You get digestive problems, sexual problems, blood pressure problems, yeah. immune problems, and so on and so on. And that's basically where most chronic diseases come from. Now, but let's be clear, everybody has traumas. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, but most people don't know that. Yeah, okay. But I have now um, a toddler of, I have, eh? there is <laughs> a an almost three-year-old son who is yeah. now going to bed and he uh, let, let it just know by shouting. Now, yeah. If you're a parent, I mean, what can you do? Of course, I read also the Inuit article about, uh, it's a very different way of parenting. Yeah. And it's something that I apply and a lot of people think I'm crazy about that. But, yeah. but what actually would you recommend to parents with very young, young children? They're, they're, they're tired, but well, you have also children, eh? um, but they're a little bit older. Um, yeah and they can feed themselves and get dressed. But yeah. when they're very young, like, baby, like babies, what, what, what can you recommend in order that they yeah. would not damage them a lot because they will, be, yeah. they will have some trauma after yeah, all? Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be traumatic. That is the whole point. There is something called self-regulation. What is that? Is that you're able to let your nervous system know that you're safe. And you, you learn self-regulation through co-regulation. So when a, a kid falls and they're panicking, mm. that is traumatic for them, okay. or it could be traumatic, but it is not traumatic if you're being suited by, by somebody. If the kid is being taken in, in, in the arms and it's being consoled and so on, then that same experience is not traumatic because yeah. you don't go into the freeze mode. It's when you make fun of them when they fall. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That is bad. But if they fall and you really take care of them, 
that experience doesn't doesn't go into freeze mode. Okay. Interesting. So just being there for them and letting them know you love them and letting them know that they're safe now makes sure that the, the, the experiences don't stick for the rest of their lives. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay a little bit in the same area. You mentioned a couple of days ago um, a post about holding space. I mean, for me, it's, it's a little bit similar to that. Somebody, you mentioned that uh, you had lost an, an, um, a loved one when you were mm -hmm. 25 or 30 or something. I clocked, yeah, my best friend. And yeah, um, that was very traumatic for you. And at that yeah. time, you were not really aware and it was and nobody nobody was aware that basically trauma was not a word people used i i just after the the funeral i had to go back to work and i was still very traumatized and i couldn't grieve okay so yeah if if you can grieve a loss and you're being supportive in your grieving it doesn't have to affect you the rest of your life but in my case, 30 years later, I found still huge grief in my system. Yeah, okay, but was that, was that then the result of, of, of for instance, the typical um, boys cannot cry, big boys cannot cry, and that you develop no, some you, kind of... No, you have shock trauma. I imploded. I was totally in, in freeze, but then you have to go back to work. And then you develop what men what, what, what we call functional freeze you still can function but part of you is not taking part of life anymore you're dissociated partly and you have like another part that has to develop social skills to keep going but part of you is not there and that's why in 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 shamanism they're they're calling trauma therapy soul retrieval is that you have to get back the parts that you lost that are stuck in trauma <laughs> and, and, and then 30 years later you you followed some kind of meditation or relaxation therapy or something yeah, like that I, I i did i did delta meditation okay and, and that that opened me up i i went so deep in delta meditation like you go in deep sleep many yeah. people wake up in the middle of the night yeah that's in many cases because of all trauma that com becomes available when you go into delta so i i went into deep relaxation and my I, my body started to give me the symptoms of the suppressed pain and I started getting headaches my neck my shoulders my back pain I got pain everywhere <laughs> so okay. then I I that's when I learned focusing the Eugene Gendlin method yeah. and through focusing I was able to bring it out and I cried my lungs out, and that was 30 years after the after the, the, the death of my friend. I cried my lungs out, and it was so bad I I actually could not breathe at one point. I was totally <gasps> like this. My lungs were totally overtaken by the grief, and that was 30 years later. And can you <clears throat> then be like trauma free, so where you have? 100% that everything can flow through your body or is that that's the idea yeah that's how modern trauma therapy works is that you repair the flow but you don't, you, you, you don't yeah. have to know the details and that's why I'm also very interested to connect it to flow is basically when the flow of life energy is free in your body you're in the 
in the middle, your center, and your sympathetic and parasympathetic work together. That's the repair of the flow. Okay. So in most people, it is the the repair of the ventral vagus that is has to be done. So and then you can be like really hundred percent trauma free. Well, I am not there yet, but it's possible. It's basically the the work that I do for myself too is is to to create the space that the flow can can get through again, and and you immediately feel a difference when you have created the new opening. There's new energy that that comes available, and but it's it's a, it's a long work, especially if you have childhood trauma, because then your nervous system has not has not grown correctly, so it's you you cannot move between stress response and going back to baseline mm. so you have to repair that and even if you're aware of it it can take you two years of daily exercise to reset your nervous system okay but we don't learn those things so i'm learning it now and i'm making a lot of progress by knowing my nervous system and by doing exercises for my nervous system but it, it's not for free it's not that you like turn a, turn the switch you really have to work at it and and so in your new book when is it coming or when do you want it to come or is it like we will see you in it i hope i hope this year <coughs> okay. i think by the end of the year it will be out yeah and and there it's going to be a summary of all the techniques that you so you cannot do everything in a book no, of course no but there will be an educational part understanding the system understanding mm -hmm what trauma is, what early trauma is, what development trauma is, what attachment trauma is, and so on. And then suggestions of what you can do for yourself, but also what kind of help you can look for. Because there are a lot of people, I myself, I have had years of wrong, of wrong solutions because I didn't know what was, what was my problem. So, <laughs> so just knowing that, that you need to work with the body. Like talk therapy doesn't do a lot for trauma. Yeah, yeah. So, so this means that you're saying you don't have to know really what the problem is with you because you don't have to work on the problem. You work on, on the body and you release yeah. Yeah, the trauma. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. matter what the, what the real problem is. Correct? Well, sort of. It's like, especially... Uh, let, let's do one step back to evolution, uh, psychological and, and neuroevolution. Neuro Your left brain mm. doesn't become really part of the story until your third year. Yeah. And in the left brain, we have the speech center. So you have to learn to speak, and that's a development of the left brain, right? And the left brain also has ex what we call explicit memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so everything that happens before that is called implicit memory. And what is that? Is that you don't know what happened, but your body knows. Okay. And implicit memory shows up as body pains, as emotional states, and so on and so on. And implicit memory doesn't have a timestamp. So when it happens, you think it's something in your life now. And your body doesn't doesn't know it's something from the past so your body goes in survival mode when it's it's activated so you can feel like digestive problems and you think what did i eat 
but it can be your nervous system that that is activated from past trauma and and then people take all kinds of acid reducers no. but that doesn't solve anything in the end you ruin your stomach by taking all the acids reflux yeah. uh, medication I just saw recently that there is no like a, a, a big collective case against against one of those companies. Uh, what, what acids acids reduce uh, medication in the long run destroys your stomach. Yeah. So it's okay to take it from time to time, but it doesn't solve the reason why your stomach is so upset. The roots. Yeah. Interesting. Now. And it's going to be done the same. So you will uh, release the book. You will sell a lot of these books. Um, and then you, you come again to the, uh, to the Benelux, or, uh, to Belgium and the Netherlands, do workshops. Is it going to be similar or is it like, Ma, maybe I, I have already some stuff for a new book? No, the, there will be some book presentations, but it will be an online training. Okay. I don't want to travel anymore like I did before. Yeah. <laughs> I, like in, in April, I'm turning 69. So next year, I'll be 70. So I, I will keep working, but it's not the same as when you're in your 40s. That, that, that's now, yeah, but I was always thinking, I mean, like I'm talking about five, six years ago. Yeah, you were like 65. I mean, I mean traveling from the US so many times and, and, and every workshop, you seem so very healthy and very... Yeah, that you didn't have any jet lag at all. I mean, a lot of people would not believe you're becoming 70. How did you do that? Is it really because <laughs> the flow yeah. studying? What's what's uh, what's what's the, what is the medicine? Or is it just like oh well, you take you take your time to get the jet lag. Of course, I I don't travel and do workshop the same day. I, I take at least a week before I do anything in okay. the professional area. No, I, I I don't have that type of energy. I have worked with Tom Peters, for instance, yeah. the, the guy from In Search of Excellence. He could do that. He could travel, get on plane, not sleep, and do a whole day workshop. I I couldn't do that. He he did like 150 workshops in a year worldwide. You cannot, and every time take a week for the jet lag. He was just getting off planes and doing it. And Baptist has also gone through that. And eventually, if your system breaks, you cannot keep through going through all those time zones and, and not have access. Yeah, okay. Now, I mean, you, you've talked about, hey, we know you already uh, for um, your admiration for Napoleon Hill. Now, we're like 2020, who is your, your, your guy, girl, women? that you find now really inspiring nowadays in whatever There's more than more than one Gabor Mate is one yeah Stephen Porges is one Peter Levine is one uh, I'm very focused on how do you liberate the potential that is stuck in trauma so those are the people that are enlightening me right now but I also keep looking at at the people who like like Eckhart Tolle who who basically move beyond that so there is not one person no, Napole Napoleon Hill was like really a, a beginning for me like a, a, a beginning of there is something else than what I've learned in school 
So and imagine that you can uh, take a DeLorean, um, you can go back and you will meet <laughs> your, your, your 18 year old Jan just, be, just before you went to university in Leuven. Um, yeah. What are the three things that you would say to him? <laughs> Perhaps I wouldn't go to university. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, it's very hard to say what you would say to your 18 year old. Mm. I really don't have like three things I could say. I would have to sleep on that. <laughs> okay. What it would be. Probably with, with what I do, with what I know now, I would take care of my body in a different way and my nervous system. See, to, to give you an example, when I went to university, I, I had insomnia. Okay. So I, I worked through university with, with tremendous insomnia. That was very hard on me. During exams, when you don't sleep enough, that's suffering. So that's definitely something I would deal with in a different way instead of all that suffering and, uh, and going, going to an exam with two hours sleep. It's like, that was really hard. Okay. And I mean, you're almost 70. Um, do you think about what life would be or who Jan is going to be within 10 years? Is that something that you are thinking about? Or is it not thinking? No, <laughs> no. I I trust the development of of the flow, and I hope I will have another ten years. But you don't know. You basically have to live now. Yeah, of course. And it's very funny. I I I think it was a, a Lao Tzu quote who said, "If you take care of the now, the future will take care of itself." And, and that's basically how I do everything, is that you don't know what 10 years from now the world will be, how things will be. It's the only thing you know is where you know. Yeah. And if you deal with the know, then you, you basically live from your potential and not from yeah. your fears. Yeah. And this is maybe a question you never had, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What is actually for you? a wild dream that you still have that you did not do something really crazy i mean that you i don't know want to do or be whatever it is is there, is there, I mean, there must be something that you say i don't know jumping from a plane or uh, i be, becoming a host on oprah i don't know um yeah. as well not, as it can be not that crazy but i feel that i didn't travel enough i definitely would like to travel to see places yeah, to see places, yeah. yeah. And being on Oprah, who knows? She She's a neighbor of mine, so she, she, okay. lives, in Santa, she lives in Santa Barbara. Who knows? But the book is going to be only in Dutch? Mm, no, it probably will be in English too. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It all depends what my breakthrough is, because I don't want to just write another book. With, with things that other people have written before. So that's why my own process is my most interesting research. Yeah. Because then if you really make a breakthrough of something you can do for yourself and that you can share that with other people, then you have 
a message of hope and that's that's what i want to do yeah so if you would call that my dream yeah i would like to have a book that really helps a lot of people yeah because i know what the consequences of trauma can be in my own life i have suffered more than my share so and that's also why you have so much understanding for for what people go through and often they cannot talk to other people about it because nobody understands them. No, that's correct. But when you've been there, you know what, what they're going through and how hard it is and, and that positive thinking will not help you. Yeah. You can say all, all you want. I'm feeling okay and I'm safe and your brainstem doesn't hear that. And, and that's where the trauma is. Your, your brainstem is all about survival and, and it doesn't have a verbal capacity. So you basically have to liberate your brainstem, and that's that's not an easy thing to do. But it it must be possible. So that's why I'm experimenting myself with different things. I'm doing the Wim Hof breathing techniques, and I'm doing the cold showers. I'm I'm really trying out all those things. And what do you think about the cold showers? Well, and I don't really? like I don't like it, but I do them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I do them now for two years, and um, yeah. I don't like them. But I'm the feeling that I get afterwards yeah. that I've done it. My body comes. I wouldn't say addicted to it, but it's used to that. If I don't do it, it's like yeah. you, you generate positive neurotransmitters in your body. So what Wim says basically, uh, I heard him say that in an interview, is that our bodies are not challenged enough anymore in our yeah. society where we sit in front of a computer and all that. And we eat processed foods and, and we have all the, all the comforts. So people who are challenged have healthier nervous systems because the nervous systems basically have to be strong to deal with the environment. So a cold shower is actually challenging your nervous system to, to grow and to, and to become stronger. Yeah. And the breathing techniques allow you to to go into the autonomic uh, nervous system and, and to make changes at a very deep level. Yeah, that's fantastic. He also climbed the Kilimanjaro eh, in his pants in two yeah. days eh, with his breathing technique. He's like, yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, and, and Robert Bridgman did that too yeah. with a group. They, they, did, yeah. they did it together. Eh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I find it, yeah, I was quite, yeah, a little bit, I wouldn't say, yeah, I found it very strange at the beginning what he was saying and doing, but uh, when you when you read his or you listen to his story because uh, his wife committed suicide, he had four children, yeah. Yeah. and he was sitting outside with barely no clothes on, mm -hmm. the cold. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's 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 really yeah amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. See, he had also worked through a very big trauma. Yeah. And either you become suicidal and you, you get on drugs and alcohol or you do something about it. And he basically found inner inner resources. Yeah. And he changed science. Yeah. He, he changed the paradigms of science. He proved that science did not understand the parasympathetic nervous yeah. system fully. Yeah. Hey, they even uh, injected him with uh, poison or with um, some kind of disease or something. To, to really show that he could, um, yeah, reject that. Eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. A pretty amazing guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, you know, yeah, you know, he has a twin brother. 
No. Yeah, 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 because they did a yeah. test there. They did a test yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it has an identical twin, so it's very, very interesting as a study object. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because his brother did not breathing, yeah. did not a breathing. He was ill, yeah. and he was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's correct. Yeah, 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 interesting story. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're we're at the end now. Um, Leerloslaten.com uh, is the online platform. Where did you get the idea to also release? Because it's really tricky now to do your services online. Where did you get the idea to, instead of doing the workshops, have an, uh, um, an, uh, yeah, an online platform? Was that due at, because you didn't want to travel anymore? or? Well, because I wanted to free more time my research in the first instance and, and also the traveling. But first, the, the main reason is that I want to have all my time and research uh, on, on my trauma research. Okay. Yeah. Well, Danian, for me, this is it. Is there something you want to share? You, you said, uh, I want to share this with uh, everybody in the world that we, that we did not talk about. I think we thought about what is, is my focus and, and that people definitely have an advantage in learning to understand their own system and that body and mind are not two separate things when you through the body you can change the mind and and that is actually an amazing thing and that's also what basically we off tells people and shows people that through the body body you can change the mind because the, the the patterns what we call the mind patterns are stuck in the body and that's where you have to liberate them okay now, um, I, for the, the new book, it's going to be a new platform. So also, it's going to be a new name. So it's not leerloslaten.com, I assume. Eh? So it's going to be something completely new. Eh? Yeah, that will come in due time. And I will probably do in, in October and November a couple of, of workshops. In, uh, in, in It will all be in the Netherlands. I don't think I will have one in Belgium, but just like a couple of pilot projects. Okay. Cool. Yeah. If I can come, I will come. Uh, yeah, I was planning to come in June, but Corona has decided differently. <laughs> ah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so I moved everything to October. If people, November. if people want to know more about you, is it like janbomri.com or something, or where they can find you? It's leerloslaten.com or uh... yeah, that's true. Leerloslaten.com. Uh, I can always get messages. Yeah. Yeah, and also you have lots of videos of people who interviewed you on YouTube, of course, and lots of your, um, how do you call and that? And podcasts, more and more podcasts. It's like, yeah, that's the, the, the new channel, is what we're doing now. Yeah. There are more people listening to podcasts than, than to the radio. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. This that's is co-creation, nice. Aeon. This is... Yeah, that's right. I like it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Me too. I am very grateful that you took the time because, you know, I am a very big fan of you. You inspire me a lot. I can really mm -hmm. say that my life and my professional life also really changed because of your books and the things you said. So I'm very grateful. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I'm going to put a link of your website, so learnloslaten.com, because your assistant yeah. also gave me um, some kind of discounts proposal for the people who want to join That's your right. online course. Yeah. A coupon code. Yeah, a coupon code, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to mention it in the, in the, in the comments. Uh, yeah. So they can. I, I'm also, I've also bought it and it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you can experiment to do different um, methods and see what works for you. The yeah, only thing yeah. is that you have to be open for it. 
simple yeah. as that. Yeah. And the people who have the best results are doing it every day. Like, and that's why we made the, the lessons short that you can really put it into your daily schedule. Okay. So that's what I, I wish for everybody is that they can find who they really are under all the patterns. And is, is, is like um, typical meditation is like in the morning and in the afternoon or even in the evening? Is yeah, it? you have to find what works for you. I, I don't give very on those things. You have to see what works for you. Okay. So, so there are people who do it in the morning. There are people who are doing it at night. So and and when you're working at home, you can decide when you want to do it. But you have to find out what works. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right. So thanks. Thanks a lot, Jan. And um, right. see My you pleasure. soon. See you soon. Uh, I hope in the, in the Netherlands. And I wish you lots of success. And I right. really hope that you come next year on Oprah. So, uh, <laughs> who knows? All right. Bye. Okay. Thanks a lot, Ed. All right. Bye bye. Thank oh, you. Bye bye. Bye bye.